Welcome to the Wellness with Will podcast, your go-to podcast for all things health and wellness. Are you someone who loves sleep as much as I do? Do you ever wonder why we as humans need sleep? Well, you're in the right place. Today is all about sleep, so grab a cup of coffee, sit back, relax, and let's get started. Sleep plays a vital role in good health and well-being throughout your life. The way you feel while you're awake depends in part on what happens while you are sleeping. During sleep, your body is working to support healthy brain functions and maintain your physical health. In children and teens, sleep can also help support growth and development. And getting inadequate sleep over time can raise your risk for chronic health problems. It can also affect how well you think, react, work, learn, and get along with others. So we're going to dive in today and we're going to talk about the different sleep stages there are. There's four of them, and we're gonna learn about what happens during these stages of sleep. And then in addition to that, we're gonna talk a little bit about what health problems can arise from a lack of sleep. So let's dive on in. As I mentioned previously, there are four sleep stages, including one for rapid eye movement or REM sleep or REM sleep, and three that form our non-REM sleep or NREM sleep. These stages are determined based on an analysis of brain activity during sleep, which shows distinct patterns that characterize each stage. So stage one, which we also call N1, is essentially when a person first falls asleep. This stage normally lasts just one to seven minutes. During the N1 sleep stage, the body is not fully relaxed. Even though the body and brain activity start to slow with periods of brief movements, there are light changes in brain activity associated with falling asleep during this stage. This stage is easy to wake someone up, but if a person is not disturbed, they can quickly move into stage two. As the night unfolds, an uninterrupted sleeper may not spend much more time in stage one as they move through further sleep cycles. And that brings us into stage two. And during stage two, we're what we call into the body enters a more subdued state, including a drop in temperature, relaxed muscles, a slowed breathing, and a slowed heart rate. At the same time, brain waves show a new pattern and eye movement stops. On the whole, brain activity slows, but there are short bursts of activity that actually help resist being woken up by external stimuli. So that means it makes it harder to wake someone up in stage two. So your brain is actively sending bursts of activity around to keep you asleep here. Stage two sleep can last for 10 to 25 minutes during the first sleep cycle. And each N2 stage can become longer during the night. Collectively as a person typically spends about half of their sleep time in the N2 sleep stage. And after the N2 stage, we move into stage three, also known as the N3 or deep sleep stage. And this is extremely hard to wake someone up if they are in this phase. Muscle tone, pulse, and breathing rate decrease in the N3 sleep as the body relaxes even further. The brain activity during this period has an identifiable pattern of what are known as delta waves. 
For this reason, stage 3 may also be called delta sleep or slow wave sleep. And experts believe that in this stage, it's critical to restorative sleep. This allows for, body, for the body to recover and for more growth. It may also bolster the immune system and other key bodily processes. Even though brain activity is reduced, there is evidence that deep sleep contributes to insightful thinking, creativity, and your memory. You spend most of your time in deep sleep during the first half of the night. During the early sleep cycles, in three stages commonly last for 20 to 40 minutes. As you continue sleeping, these stages get shorter and more time gets spent in REM sleep instead. And during REM sleep, brain activities pick up, nearing levels seen when you are awake. At the same time, the body experiences what we call atonia, which is a temporary paralysis of the muscles, with only two exceptions, the eyes and the muscles that control breathing. Even though the eyes are closed, they can be seen moving quickly, which is how this stage gets its name of rapid eye movement. So if you've ever been watching someone sleep and you've noticed that their eyes are moving around even though their eyes are closed, that means they're in the REM sleep process. Now REM sleep is believed to be the essential to cognitive functions like memory, learning, and creativity. REM sleep is known for the most vivid dreams, which is explained by the significant uptick in your brain activity. Dreams can occur in any sleep stage, but they are less common and intense in the NREM periods. Under nor normal circumstances, you do not enter a REM sleep stage until you have been asleep for about 90 minutes. As the night goes on, your REM stages get longer, especially in the second half of the night. While the first REM stage may only last a few minutes, later stages can last for around an hour. And in total, REM stage makes up around 25% of sleep in adults. So we've learned a little bit now about the different sleep cycles. There's four stages and it's very imperative to our memory, our ability to, to think, our creativity. It can also in, in, impact our mood. If we're not getting enough sleep or we didn't get a deep enough sleep, chances are our moods may be a little bit more on the grumpy side when we wake up. Now, in addition to this, there are several factors that sleep plays in all of our lives. Not only is it good for our mood and for our creativity and our thinking, and even for our, our recovery of our body, you know, for an injury maybe, or even after a surgery, you always hear the doctor say, get good rest. The lack of sleep can truly impact our overall health. And it starts with the heart and circulatory system. When you fall asleep and enter the non-REM sleep, your blood pressure and heart rate fall. During sleep, your parasympathetic system controls your body and your heart does not work as hard as it does when you're awake. During REM sleep and when waking, your, symph your symphatic system is activated. Increasing your heart rate and your blood pressure to the usual levels when you're awake and relaxed. A sharp increase in blood pressure and heart rate upon waking has been linked to many different things such as chest pain and heart attacks. And people who do not, do not sleep enough or wake up often during the night may have a higher risk of things such as coronary heart disease, high blood pressure, obesity, or even stroke. And that leads us into the hormone aspect when it comes to sleep. 
your body makes different hormones at different times of the day. This may be related to your sleep pattern or your circadian clocks. In the morning, your body releases hormones that promote alertness, such as cortisol, which helps you to wake up. Other hormones have 24-hour patterns that vary throughout your life. For example, in children, the hormones that tell the glands to release testosterone, estrogen, and uh, progesterone are made in pulses at night, and the pulses get bigger as puberty approaches. So not only does sleep help our mood, help our thinking, our creativity, help reduce the risk of, of heart disease, obesity, and other things like that, but it also affects our hormones. And with that comes our metabolism. And the way your body handles fat varies according to various circadian clocks, including those in the liver fat and muscle. For example, the circadian clocks make sure that your liver is prepared to help digest fats at appropriate times. And your body may handle fat differently if you eat at unusual times as well. But studies have shown that not getting enough quality sleep can lead to higher levels of the hormones that control hunger, including leptin, um, and it also can help to, um, it helps to lead to a decreased ability to respond to insulin. It can also lead to an increased consumption of food, especially fatty, sweet, and salty foods. And it can also result in decreased physical activity and metabolic syndrome. All of these contribute to overweight and obesity. Now, along with that, we have our respiratory and immune system and sleep impacts it as well. During sleep, you breathe less often and less deeply and you take in less oxygen. These changes can cause problems in people who have health problems such as asthma or chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, or what we call COPD. Asthma symptoms are usually worse during early morning sleep. Likewise, breathing problems in people who have lung diseases such as COPD can become worse during sleep. Sleep also affects different parts of your immune system, which become more active and different at, at different times of the day. For example, when you sleep, a particular type of immune cell works harder. That is why people who do not sleep enough may be more likely to get colds and other infections. Now, we've talked about a lot already, but there's also some additional benefits to sleep. We know that it affects our memory. We know that it affects our thinking and a lack of sleep can cause problems with both of those. Sleep helps with learning and the formation of long-term memories. Not getting enough sleep or enough high-quality sleep can lead to problems focusing on tasks and thinking clearly. Experts recommend that adults sleep between seven and nine hours a night. Adults who sleep less than seven hours a night may have more health issues than those who sleep seven or more hours a night. Sleeping nine or more hours a night is not necessarily harmful and may be helpful for young adults or people who are recovering from sleep deprivation or people who are sick. Now, when it comes to children, for babies, you're looking, you're, look, you're talking about babies that are at the four month to one year old uh, age range. They should be sleeping at least 12 to 16 hours per day. Children that are one to two years old should sleep 11 to 14. Three to five year olds should sleep 10 to 13. And children that are 6 to 12 year olds should sleep 9 to 12 hours. Our teens are a little different. From the ages of 13 to 18, you're looking at about 8 to 10 hours per day. 
So as you can tell, the, the younger you are, the more sleep that you need. The older you get, the less sleep you need. Now, what are some things that we can do to truly impact our sleep in a positive way? Well, folks, first and foremost, when it's time to go to bed, we've got to get away from those screens. The screens themselves radiate that blue light and that increases brain activity and it overstimulates our brains. So if we're using TV in bed or we're using our phones in bed or a tablet in bed, we're not allowing for our brain to truly relax so we can enter into that stage one aspect. Instead, 30 minutes before bed, turn off the TV, turn off the phone, turn off the tablet, put everything away and do something that is less stimulating. Additionally, don't lay in bed more than 30 minutes. It should not take your body more than 30 minutes to fall asleep. If you're finding that it's taking yourself more than 30 minutes, then you should get up and do something to help calm that brain stimulants down. Do something relaxing, practice meditation or mindfulness or read a book. But if you're not able to fall asleep within that first 30 minutes, your brain is still overly stimulated. So find something relaxing to do that'll help to calm your brain and allow for you to slip into that stage one sleep cycle. And that brings us to the end of today's episode. I hope that you found this discussion on sleep very informative and very empowering. Remember folks that your health matters and taking care of yourself is not selfish. It's a necessity. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, stay happy and stay positive.